And as we're turning to Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at a man that doesn't get a lot of attention, probably because he doesn't deserve a lot of attention, but a man who was a good man and was doing good things, and, uh, and yet there's not a lot about him. And uh, I was reading about him again this week and thinking about something as I was reading in my Bible reading, Colossians chapter 4, and it says here uh, in verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's the desire, that you are perfected, that you are complete, (coughs) nothing missing, nothing lacking in all the will of God. Paul says, and then verse 13, For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. And it goes on and talks about others and how that they need to read this epistle, this letter of Colossi, Colossians. Now, in verse 14, you have two men mentioned, Luke and Demas. You've probably heard of Luke because there's a book called Luke. Not only did Luke write Luke, but Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And Luke doesn't talk about himself in the book of Luke or Acts, other than to say we or they or us, if he was included in the conversation. But Luke, the beloved physician. Now, Luke did not travel with Jesus as one of the disciples. We've been studying on that Sunday nights about the apostles. But Luke was certainly connected and was able, through the inspiration of God, to write the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. But here we see that Luke and Demas greet you. In other words, Paul says, Luke's right here, Demas is right here, and they greet you. Tonight I want to talk about Demas. He's not a person you're going to hear a lot about usually. But Demas and Luke were with the Apostle Paul. Now you talk about one of the great Christians in history. The Apostle Paul is just a hero of the faith. And the opportunity to travel with the Apostle Paul and to see what all... And you read the book of Acts and you realize that Luke... A lot of times Luke is with Paul in the book of Acts. There's a few times where it's obviously he's not there, but most of the time he is there. And you read about all the things that Luke got to see firsthand and experience as he was with Paul. Well, then also Demas would have seen and and heard those things as well. What an opportunity, what a privilege it would have been to travel with the apostle Paul and Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas were with him. Then we go to Philemon. That's just one simple one-page book. It's before uh, Hebrews, and uh, at least it was this morning. Let's see here. Make sure it didn't get moved on me. But in Philemon, this that one simple page, and verse twenty-four. And so it says here again. By the way, it's it's it, you notice the similarities in the epistles because Philemon. And verse 23 says, There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus and Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, Luke again, my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. (coughs) So this would be like a salutation, signing off. Again, we see Luke or Lucas and Demas being together. And they were both with the Apostle Paul. And this time they're called fellow laborers, working together, working for the Lord, and working with Paul. What an awesome thing it is 
to become a worker for the Lord. I do believe, and I know this is becoming out of vogue. It's not, it's not cool anymore, and it's not even expected, unfortunately, by a lot of churches. But I do believe that church is supposed to be about doing for the Lord and not just showing up. That is something that is falling by the wayside. And when I say that, I, I, I just believe when you read the Word of God and you read what the Christians were doing, you realize, Bennett, that they were not just showing up and listening. In fact, it says in James, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I do believe that it is God's formula for Christian living to be a doer. Now, you can't be a doer until you are a receiver. You have to get saved first, all right? And, and people who have not been saved, they, they're trying to doing all these things in a religious way, and they're, and they're trying to do it for salvation. And they'll say, haven't we done wonderful works? And he says, I don't even know you. So there needs to be salvation first. And unfortunately, a lot of times, and it might have even been the case for Demas, I'm not sure. A lot of times people assume that they are Christians because of their doing. Earlier during prayer time, someone mentioned someone who said, my coworker used to be a Christian, he says. Well, you can't used to be a Christian. I mean, you're either you're saved or you're not saved. He, he used to go on missions trips, and now he doesn't. Now, it's possible to used to go on missions trips, and it's possible to used to do this for the Lord or whatever, and be a Christian, and then all of a sudden get away from the Lord, and to stop doing things. That happens. See, the Apostle Peter used to travel with Jesus until the night that Christ was taken and Peter did exactly what he said he wouldn't do. He cursed and, and, and denied Christ three times. <clears throat> and after the, the rooster crowed, he was so ashamed, he went out and wept bitterly, and then he went back to fishing. He went back to his old life before Jesus had called him. But was Peter, was Peter now not a Christian? No, Peter had always kept his salvation. He couldn't lose that. But Peter stopped being what God had intended. Jesus said, I want to make you fishers of men. And Peter went back to fishing for fish. And so in John 21, Jesus comes to Peter and says, I want you to feed my sheep. I don't want you to go back to fishing for fish. There's lots of cases, and, and we know, and probably all of us in here, if we've been saved for a while, you can even say, I, I used to do more, and I got away from God. That doesn't mean you lost your salvation. On the other hand, there are people who are assuming they're Christians because of their doing. It's very dangerous. It's very sad, and it's very alarming. When someone asks me, are you a Christian? I remember visiting a church. I was on vacation with my family. And someone asked me, so are, are you, a, you know, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And the next question was, have you been saved? you know what my pride was offended with that question you know why what do you mean have I been saved I'm a pastor well you know what that guy's right are all pastors saved no and should I be offended with that question no I wasn't like mad but it just kind of caught me off guard that he wasn't going to just take well, I'm a pastor in South no why are you saved good question because there are a lot of pastors in South Dakota that aren't saved or North Dakota or Wyoming. 
Listen, we need to understand that God wants us to do, but he doesn't want us to do until we are. you got to be before you can do. You have to be a Christian. He wants us to be born again. So I would assume that Paul would have assumed that both Lucas and Demas were, were Christians. They were fellow laborers, and I, I'm assuming that Demas was saved. But those are the two positive things we read about Demas. So far, not very much. Lucas, Demas. Luke, Demas, they're together. They're with Paul. Luke, Demas, and Paul. But we don't read much about Demas because of something. And that's the third passage we go to in 2 Timothy. And this is where I was thinking about this this week. 2 Timothy chapter <clears throat> number 9. Paul is in prison. You read that in the last passage about my fellow prisoner. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'm sorry. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is in prison, and he has been in prison, in and out of prison. He's gotten in trouble a lot. He, he's a, a good preacher, and a good preacher usually gets in trouble because that's what a good preacher will do. He will rub people the wrong way. He doesn't look for that opportunity. He just does because when you tell the truth, somebody's not going to like it. And so Paul is preaching here to Timothy. He's writing this to Timothy, and it's, it's possibly the last thing Paul ever wrote. And that's why this is so sad. Because here Paul is saying, he's talking about some things, I sure would like to have my coat, and I sure would like to have the parchments, the books. Uh, please come before winter if you can. <coughs> and I'm just going to pick it up here in verse 9. Paul writes, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Please, Timothy, try to hurry. Verse 10, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica. Cretans to Galatia, and Titus into Dalmatia. Now, not all these men forsook him, but they're gone. They're not there. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. No one knows exactly for sure what Paul meant when he said I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion because they did throw Christians to lions back then but it could just mean that he was delivered out of Satan's mouth because the Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And it's obvious that Paul is very discouraged here and, and feels very lonely here just by reading what he has to say. Verse 18 says, The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But I want to go back and look at verse number 10. A very sad commentary. The last words, I think, of Paul that we have, and this is what it includes. Demas hath forsaken me. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, 
and is departed to Thessalonica. Paul most likely was in a Roman prison at this time, in Italy, in Rome. Paul in this Roman prison is sitting there, of course, in prison, incarcerated, has fellow prisoners, <coughs> and this Demas apparently looked around and said, you know, this isn't what I imagined when I said I wanted to go with the preacher and do ministry. This isn't, this isn't what I dreamed the ministry would be like. And I can hear the music playing on the other side of the wall, and I've seen the fancy uh, coliseums and palisades and everything all around this city of Rome, and, and I just don't think I want to be here. I don't know exactly for sure what all was going through his mind other than what Paul gives and I think the Roman prison compared to the Roman lifestyle got a hold of Demas's heart. And it says he forsook Paul. Now, he, Demas hath forsaken me. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that he forsook God. He may still very well have been, he, if he was saved, he was a believer. But he said, I don't want to suffer like a Christian so I'm checking out and he's left it could be that Demas had been faking it the whole time and now all of a sudden God's calling his his number because he sees that this is he is a fake and so Demas left and Luke stayed but what it does say and what I can say for sure and what we can preach on is this having loved this present world with your finger in 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's look at a couple places. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. <clears throat> if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It's not easy when you start focusing on the things of the world to keep your focus on the Lord. And apparently Demas didn't imagine it would be this bad or didn't assume that he would have to just sit in this prison with Paul and have to be connected to the, the prisoner. And he had to be uh, put up and put up with the shame and whatever it might have been in the defeat. And all of a sudden, it says that Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now, I love being in Custer, South Dakota, just like most of you do in this area. It's a beautiful area, the Black Hills. And, and uh, I, I, it, it has been a joy to live here compared to other places. I mean, I've, I've gone other places to visit, and, and I'm telling you right now, we don't have the contamination that the rest of this world seems to have in a lot of ways. I was sitting behind a pickup truck yesterday in Rapid City, and the pickup truck had a bumper sticker, and it said, please don't Californicate South Dakota. But sooner or later, it, it is going that direction. And I, I do enjoy 
where we live, and I don't mind visiting other places, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of times I say, I'm glad I don't live there. I'm glad that fruitcake's not my government. Or I'm glad that fruitcake's, anyway. But this present world hates my, my Jesus. <clears throat> Sandy is an artist. We have different artists in our church, and Sandy's one of them. And You might have seen this on her Facebook. She painted a picture of three wise men on camels with a star, and she painted the picture, and then she put it on Facebook for sale. And she happened to be a part of an artist page, a group of artists. And so she posted on there just, you know, because it was a painting that she had just done. And that page deleted it because it was religious. Three guys on camels and a star in the sky. You can celebrate anything you want this month without a lot of grief, except for the real reason for the season. That's this present world. And Peter faced up to it, and, and he lost, he, he failed the test, but later he passed. But when Peter realized I could be, they could go after me, they might crucify me and not just Jesus, they might, and Peter denied him. And then Peter was so ashamed of himself and wept bitterly, but praise God, Peter doesn't end there. But sadly, and we don't know till we get to heaven, that's the last we know about Demas. He hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and just gone off back to Thessalonica where he's from. And here's why I, I decided to explore this and bring this up. Because there are times, including even this year, we're almost at the end of the year now, but there are times, including this year, where I feel like a failure or I feel so hurt because somebody forsook Somebody that used to be with me, used to be working for the Lord with me, and now they're gone. And so when I read about Demas earlier this week, I said, thank you, God, for reminding me I'm not the only one that's had that heartache. Even the Apostle Paul has felt that. Folks, don't, don't do what Demas did. Don't fall in love with this world. Now, I do. I enjoy the creation. I enjoy where I live. I enjoy getting out once in a while and doing things. And, and out of a sense of humor, God has made me allergic to everything. So I, I shoot a deer, and then I spend the next week going, ah, 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 trying to you know recover my health from, from being out there. I shoot a pheasant, and someone else has to pick it up because I'm so allergic. Maybe that's his way of keeping me from loving it. The point is this. We know this for a fact. There are people who love this world. And what I want to remind you, there's another world. There is another world. And that's the one you got to be in love with. It wasn't the largest group we've ever had, but we had a group of young people tonight, and I just love the fact that we have an and to point them to another world and to remind them that this is the way 
And you and I need to just be reminded over and over again that this world is not our home. It's in our book. In fact, I think we'll sing it tonight before we leave. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through here. I'm just an ambassador for Christ in this world, but I actually belong to another one. And this, But when you're a Demas and you start focusing on this, because let's be honest, there's a lot of bells and whistles and whirly gigs and fancy sparkly things. It's like, Ooh, shiny, and I want this world. And you'll not face trouble if you'll just choose this world until later. But if you deny this world and choose his world, you'll have instant trouble and the reward will come later. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I'm thankful for, you know, I had the privilege of, of being raised in a home of, of godly, you know, Christian parents who were both saved, <coughs> still in church even today. My father, I think I mentioned a while ago, was <coughs> in the business world. And, and I do think God puts men through the test and women through the test to see, do you really mean what you say? Because it's easy, Demas, it's easy to say, I'm going to follow the Lord and I'm going to be a worker. And it's and, and you imagine how it's going to be. Joshua, he's young here. He, he, he believes God's called him to preach. And he's, I'm sure he and his, his fiance are imagining what it will be like. And God's going to come along and say, boom, here's what it's really like. I, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But that's, that is how it is. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to travel with a Paul and we're going to end up in prison. I'm, I'm sure that's not the thinking. And you have to learn to not love this world, neither the things that are in this world. Brother Bill, uh, our friend, was here a couple months ago and comes every year for vacation Bible school. And I've told the story how that he came out of Walmart. He went in to get some things. RVs parked out in the parking lot. He came out and his entire motorhome is crispy like a piece of bacon burnt to the ground and he's just shocked and he's just thankful that his wife and baby were not burnt up in, in it but they lost everything he owned was now melted in the Walmart parking lot see if you think that when you go in, when you sign up for ministry God goes oh bing you have this little protection around you you will never have any problem it's just not how it is and I think part of the reason why is how are you going to preach to people about issues if you don't understand them yourself and have heartaches yourself? And you can't love the world and serve God. As Sunday said, you can't serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. You either love one, hate the other. You can't love them both. And here's what Demas did. First Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3 and talking in verse 11 for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ when you get saved you have the foundation on the solid rock the wise man who built his house upon the rock and you have the foundation of Jesus Christ you are saved now verse 12 if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones <coughs> wood, hay, stubble. Verse 12 has two different kinds of materials here. Very long-lasting, durable, and valuable. <coughs> or not very long-lasting, 
and durable or valuable. And that's how you and I, if you're a believer tonight, if you're born again, that's how you and I, we either choose to build with something durable and valuable or with something that can't withstand the heat. And verse 13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. It is not talking about hell. It is talking about the judgment seat of Christ where believers will stand, and during that time, you will find out how much you did on earth really mattered. You will find out what you did with your life. Was it wood, hay, and stubble? Or was it gold, silver, and precious stone? Was it something that was durable for eternity's sake? Or was it just for the here and now? And what Demas did is he chose wood, hay, and stubble. And what Paul did and what Luke did is they chose gold, silver, and precious stones. And they denied themselves in this world so they could enjoy that world. Don't kid yourself. There are mansions in heaven, but that doesn't mean everybody's is the same size. <clears throat> there will be rulers, and the people will rule and reign with Christ, and there's rewards to be given in heaven. And there's also, I think, if you can say it this way, some spankings to be given in heaven. <clears throat> you wasted what you had. You are, you are here, but you did not do anything with what you had opportunity to do. It just reminds me of the story of a man who was a, a foreman, and he was a manager of a, of a very wealthy man's uh, affairs. And uh, we have people like that even here in the hills who they own several houses, and one of them just happens to be here in the hills, and someone's job is to just take care of the house. Pretty nice job. <clears throat> well, this wealthy man asked his, his, his top employee, listen, I want you to build me another house. I want you to build me a house and I want you to pick out a spot that's absolutely beautiful. And I know I trust you to I trust your judgment. Just pick me out a spot. <coughs> I want it to be. I, there's just no cost objection. I mean, just money's not an object. Just whatever you want, you dump into it. I'll pay for it. But I want you to find a place that that you know is 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 worth it. And then I want you to just build me a fantastic home, a dream home, like like you would build for yourself. And this employee said, "All right." And he kind of had a little bit of a bad attitude. He said, here's this guy. He's already got several houses. And he wants another house. And he just kind of got a little bit of a bad attitude. And he uh, he bought the property for him. And, and then he started ordering materials and, and whatnot. And, and he just kind of had a bad attitude. So he, he, he started cutting corners. And he didn't pick the top-notch builders. And he didn't really care about the top-notch quality. And and he said, this guy doesn't know anything. He lets me run everything. He won't even know the difference. It all looked the same. And, and, and that's the way it is. I mean, a finished product can look the same on the outside and not be quality on the inside. And, and so he had this house built. And it looked beautiful. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, <clears throat> it, it, was, it was wood from, from the big box store. You know, they get those trees that go like this. And, and <clears throat> it, it, was, it was the latches that will last for six months but not for 60 years. And, and he had it built. It was all said and done. He told the boss about it, and the boss came to look at it and said, wow, and showed him every room, showed him the view, and said, wow, this is, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And Yeah, I thought you'd talk like it. Now the boss said, well, honestly, it's really not about me liking it because I had it built for you.
this is a surprise for you for all the work you've done for me I like that story because it illustrates something you have a foundation Jesus Christ and one day you'll be in heaven going why in the world was I doing that why was that so important why did I build why did I And I don't know for sure where Demas is right now, but whether he's in heaven or hell, I guarantee you this, he knows he wasted it. It says, if any man's work shall abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Don't just get to heaven smoking like you just went through a smoldering heat and all you got is your salvation why I hope when you get to heaven there are people running up saying thank you for telling me about Jesus thank you for being faithful and helping me find the Lord through that local church thank you <clears throat> I hope you have rewards and not just getting there but that only comes for doers in Titus chapter 2 there's another passage Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men and the grace of God verse 12 teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world Demoth hath forsaken me having loved this present world I love that phrase. You know why? It helps me to remember this isn't all there is. Right now, <coughs> right now, the politicians and the world leaders assume that they are in charge of the world and they are the king of the hill in this present world. But 99.9% .9 of them will be nothing but a peon in the next world. And Christians that you and I have never heard of will be amazingly important in the next world. Christians who serve God faithfully that we've never necessarily got any time or recognition for, and those people will get recognized on that day. And what happened to Demas is he stopped denying ungodliness and worldly lust. He, he just, he finally caved in. He looked at Paul and he saw, Paul, you're probably going to die. And he did. Paul eventually got executed. Probably it was Nero that did it. And he's looking at Luke, well, and, and, and just like Ruth and Orpah, Demas said, I'm out of here. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and he's departed. Don't, don't stop denying ungodliness and worldly lust. When your kids leave the house and your grandparents and you know having kids in the house, you still need to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. <clears throat> Pornography is not just a young man's problem. Becoming greedy and trying to accumulate is not just a young man's problem or young woman's problem. <clears throat> stop denying ungodliness and worldly lust and you'll end up like Demas 
Now, I keep talking about Luke because Luke and Demas were together. Look at Luke chapter 9. <clears throat> Luke chapter 9. Verse 57, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. <coughs> and you just wonder what the look on the person's face was when he said that. Because even though he's king of the universe, he was living like a poor man. Verse 59, and he said unto another, follow me. But that person said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What's interesting about this is, is that I don't think any of the other Gospels record this. And so it's interesting that Luke recorded it. Because basically what happened is, is that Demas let go of the plow and looked back. He was hanging on to the plow, farming, farming illustration here. Hanging on to the plow going forward. You can't look back when you're plowing. And he looked back. Luke didn't let go of the plow, and Luke kept looking forward ahead, not back. Now, <clears throat> may we be encouraged by Luke, and may we be warned by Demas. Let's all learn. <clears throat> we don't have to be Demas. We can be a Luke. Let me tell you, I mentioned Brother Bill earlier. Let me tell you what, what I know he enjoys, because I enjoy it when I go someplace too, to seeing the same old people hanging on to the plow. You say, I never, I don't teach anything. I don't, listen, you're just keep on doing what you're doing and that's encouraging. Still hanging on to the plow, still looking forward, haven't looked back, still going forward. Once in a while, someone will come in like Brother Bill, hey, where's so-and-so? Not here anymore. Oh, that's a shame. Back in 2 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> it's an interesting list. It starts out, Paul says, verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He knew he was going to die soon. I have fought a good fight. I think that's probably part of what Demas's problem was. He he realized it's over. I'm gonna. Paul's gonna get executed. If I stick around here, I will too. I have fought a good fight. Verse seven. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to, unto all them that love His appearing. Paul began well and finished well. Of course, <coughs> we can't be like Paul all the time, but Paul was just one of those guys. He, he had so much zeal for God, he was killing Christians until he realized that was wrong. But he kept that same zeal for God once he got saved, and he just kept going. So whatever he did, he did 110%. And 
when he, once he got saved, he began well and he finished well. But verse 10, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas is one of those people that began well and finished poorly. Then it says in verse 11, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with me with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry do you know who this is this is the same John Mark in Acts chapter 15 that Paul said I don't want anything to do with him he's a quitter and Barnabas said well he's my nephew and he might be a quitter but he's learned his lesson Paul said I don't want I can't afford to take a quitter with me on the trip and it was so sharp between Barnabas and Paul that they separated at the end of chapter 15 and Paul went with Silas and Barnabas went with John Mark years later John Mark grew up and the patience that Barnabas had for John Mark paid off and the rebuke that Paul had for John Mark was heeded because at the end of his life says bring Mark he's profitable you can begin well then quit and then finish well you don't have to be like Demas you can begin well like Peter and quit and then get back on track not everybody has to be a Demas you don't have to you don't have to say well I used to get back to doing it and Mark was somebody who began well got sidetracked but then finished well but don't be this guy Alexander verse 14 the coppersmith did me much evil the Lord reward him according to his works of whom be thou ware also for he hath greatly withstood our words again I'm encouraged by this passage and I'm going to tell you why because sometimes there are people who will not just disagree with you but will then go around and make sure nobody else likes you either And when I was younger, <clears throat> I, I tried to run all over town and go, oh, oh, so-and-so, they're lying, they're lying, don't listen to... That's just a waste of time. Just, just let God handle it. One of the blessings of a pastor being in the same place for 20 years is sooner or later people are like, eh, I think I believe his reputation more than your story. Most pastors only stay only one place for 3.5 years, it seems like. And so you never know if the rumor's true or not. And if you've got an Alexander in your life, you just got to trust God and keep going forward. Which one are you? Not many of us are the Apostle Paul. We begin well, we never fail. But maybe we're like John Mark. We started out well and then we got discouraged. But now the temptation is to just stay discouraged or defeated or to let our pride or to just get back. What do you think happened when John, Mark, and Paul met each other? Here's what I think happened. I think John Mark said, Sir, you were right. I didn't like what you had to say, but you were right. And I think Paul probably looked at him and said, And your Uncle Barnabas is right too because you were worth the time.
And so I think about some of those that a few of those who have forsaken, having loved this present world. And my flesh wants to get angry. But what if they're a John Mark? What if there's still hope? What if they just need to learn their lesson the hard way? And we still need to just keep on plodding and going forward and loving and being kind and realizing it's happened before. And the Holy Spirit said, see, you're not the only one that had someone that forsook you, having loved this present world. It's been going on for a long time. And I thought, thank you, God. Thank you for Demas, God. Thank you is in the Bible. I need to be reminded that there's, he's not the only one. And I hope that was encouraging to you tonight. Let's open our Bibles and or our songbooks and sing. That's him. Is it eight twenty seven forty seven 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 eight seventy seven? And we'll stand together and we'll sing it. And don't don't daydream. Think about these words and remember, he hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Is it eight seventy seven? Let's stand as we sing eight seventy seven. This world's not worth loving that much. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me.
to mention this at the end of the passage it says but the Lord stood with me Alexander Demas but the Lord stayed with me and that's what we got to remember he's always going to be there no matter what no matter who might break our heart he's always there praise God for that let's close in prayer and we'll be dismissed Bob would you close us in prayer tonight